0: Brussels Bytes, a podcast about technology, digital society, and European policy. Brought to you by the Martin Center with Dimitar Lilkov.
1: Hi. Throughout this podcast series, we have talked a lot about transatlantic relations and US tech, but we never had an episode devoted intimately to the transatlantic tech relationship. Until today, I am delighted that we can sit down together with Bill and Clara from the Center for European Policy Analysis, or SIPA. We will focus on the EU-US Trade and Technology Council, taking stock of what has happened so far and the road ahead. Also, we will touch on all the overall political dialogue between these two economic giants and what's in store for the relationship in the crazy election year of 2024. Most importantly, we'll also discuss can the EU-US work together on some of the most important technological challenges of today. And I'm really happy that today joining me from SIPA are Willem Etchiksen, who is a non-resident senior fellow with the Digital Innovation Initiative and the editor of the online tech policy journal Bandwidth at SIPA. We're also joined by Clara Ridenstein, who is part of the Digital Innovation Initiative team also, at SIPA. Clara, Bill, I'm really excited to have you today.
2: Thank you very much Dimitar.
0: Thank you Dimitar, it's great to be here.
1: Yeah um, and just for our listeners we are recording just a bit before Christmas so mid-December. Um, I'm really happy to have this conversation today because it's also tied uh, with a joint product which the Martin Center and SIPA are developing uh, right now and we'll soon launch an official report devoted to the trade and technology Council done by uh, our our both institutions so I decided it would be exciting if the the, the three authors can sit down for a, for a quick chat on the DTC and without further you know further ado uh Bill maybe you can kick us off what was the initial impetus or the initial political or practical rationale for having such a thing between the EU and the
2: US well, thanks, Dimitar. It's been a pleasure. You know, we've been researching this paper uh, and this subject for the last three to four months, and it's been super interesting. And uh, one thing we, we, we discovered, uh, surprised us, <coughs> that this goes back to the Trump administration. This was a European proposal uh, done in the depths of uh, deep transatlantic freeze, I would say, or uh, deep uh, dan- uh, uh, transatlantic disagreement, And it was a European Commission proposal for a council that would at least restart dialogue. The Trump administration didn't listen to it, uh, ignored it. uh, But when Joe Biden became president, it was revived. So it is a European proposal. I think the idea was to avoid having some sort of super ambitious trade agreement negotiations that would become divisive. But to set up a council that would at least get the two sides talking again and discussing uh, the key issues.
1: Yeah, get the two sides talking, and indeed, uh, throughout the last what is it now uh, two full years, we've had a number of a number of, of sessions taking place in different uh, geographical locations on both sides of the Atlantic. But Clara. Uh, you were digging. You were doing a lot of background digging on what actually transpired in these meetings. So maybe you can give us a very brief history of uh, the summit so far.
0: Absolutely. So um, as you as you mentioned, uh, the TTC was set up um, by the Biden administration formally. Um, and the, the structure of the summits is that um, the two sides meet every six months, altering between the EU and the US. The first summit took place in uh, September 2021, and there have been uh, four summits in total since then. Um, I would say two things about the summits thus far. Um, and that is borne out in our report, which is uh, for one, they have rather unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you view things, uh, coincided with a lot of geopolitical uh, turmoil and tensions between the two sides. So if you take the first summit, for example, um, this was took place right after the AUKUS deal, uh, the famous deal between the US, the UK and Australia, on nuclear-powered submarines, which uh, very much annoyed the French, uh, leading to tensions right before the first summit. And you see a similar thing play out with every summit since then. Um, The second summit was uh, overshadowed by Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which led to a lot of movement uh, on the TTC side. So they were able to coordinate on export controls against Russia and Belarus, which was positive. But then the third summit, you had the Inflation Reduction Act, which was the the somewhat protectionist um, green subsidies um, piece of legislation that, that was passed in the US, which also frustrated the EU in some respects. Um, so 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 you have you have that element to the meetings, and then second of all, um, the meetings are um, consist of ten different working groups that work together on different trade and tech issues, and each working group comes out with uh, with initiatives and and hopefully concrete solutions to some problems. And the solutions that we've seen, um, some working groups have been more successful than others. But all in all, uh, you see very incremental change versus perhaps the big uh, geopolitical issues being addressed that maybe you would hope from from a sum summit, from summits like this between the two big powers.
1: So just to jump in. Uh... These are very, very good points uh, of the whole framing behind it. And I think yeah. with, with Bill, we've discussed even before, when the whole thing started, there was also maybe different expectations from the different stakeholders on both sides of, of, of the Atlantic. Um, in terms of approach, Bill, right? Can you summarize the initial approach in, in a couple of you know sentences for us?
2: Yeah, I think this was um, foreseen as a technocratic Uh, sort of (laughs) European-style approach, uh, which, frankly, has disappointed some Americans. Um, The uh, big questions that divide the U.S. and E.U. uh, have been avoided on tech regulation. So as Europe has raced ahead to put in um, very strong uh, new rules on digital content and platform responsibility and on gatekeeper power of big tech... Uh, and now, most recently, just a day or two ago about artificial intelligence, um, there's really been little out of the TTC to discuss potential uh, differences between the two sides. Uh, the EU keeps insisting that it's going to do its own regulation, and the U.S., um is sort of stuck uh, following along, and uh, uh, that has sort of sidelined the TTC in many ways. Where the TTC has been a success, I think, is is that um, we we went through a period uh, where we had to coordinate on Russia, where we had to coordinate on how to confront China, and at least the TTC has come up with some broad guidelines or been helpful in, as Clara said, getting some export controls through past the door on, on Russia and on China, uh, going away uh, from uh, sort of decoupling to de-risking, but we really still have questions about how to, how to define that. So I think, you know, the the overall goal is is it's good that the, the US and the EU are talking again under uh, the Biden administration and von der Leyen but the TTC has sort of punched under, uh, under its potential weight and is not really addressing some of the key uh, digital regulation issues.
1: Okay, so after the Trump years, we, we finally started talking again. Um, the U.S. had its own, of course, incentives to also try to influence maybe the European agenda or try to uh, coordinate on that, uh, whereas Brussels pushed through with its own vision and different uh, incentives. But... Uh, Clara, we reached summit three, which happened relatively recently, but what were the most important breakaways, you know, and closing of the summits, the third and the fourth summits in the last, let's say, one year, what for you was the most interesting happening there?
0: Yeah, so um, as I mentioned, the the concrete achievements have been um, fairly incremental, however, um, at times, uh, you know, specific and, and pointing in the right direction, as Bill mentioned. So in the fourth meeting, you have a joint roadmap on AI, which uh, the, the, the two powers are trying to coordinate in terms of uh, formalities around artificial intelligence, how you frame uh, taxonomies and so forth. You have an early warning mechanism on semiconductors shortages um, which was also agreed on in the fourth meeting and then on more specific deliverables that are somewhat practical you have for example the agreement on charging points making those compatible for electric vehicles on both sides of the Atlantic which will um, which would help on 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 the trade side Um, and so so all of these um, initiatives are promising but the, the criticism remains that, and a lot of analysts put it this way, uh, a lot of these achievements are either starting or ongoing, but few of them are completed. So for the joint roadmap on AI, you have a good start, but you what we're lacking is sufficient traction to make both um, the people holding the summit and you know us as observers um, commenting on the summits feel like we're going in a specific direction. So yeah, Clara. So, I, uh,
2: yeah, I think the practical achievements are are thin. I'm going to play devil's advocate as cynical. Uh, you know, we, <laughs> Europe has just gone along and, Go ahead, yeah. and passed, passed, a, passed an AI Act, uh, which puts strict obligations on the private sector. In the U.S., um, those uh, there's only uh, voluntary commitments. Uh, I don't see that the joint roadmap has uh, really led to a, a joint roadmap where we're, we're driving ahead at different speeds. Um, so I, I, I think the, you know, when we look at it, the TTC's actual concrete uh, um, concrete accomplishments are are pretty thin. Um, We even looked in depth at the, there were announcements of some connectivity investments in Jamaica and Kenya. And we said, what is that? And we couldn't find out. Is it that they're going to build new mobile phone networks without Chinese parts? Is it that they're going to give digital training? You know, we called around and no one could give us, um, even at the Kenyan and and, and Jamaican embassies, we couldn't find any details. So I, I think You know, we have to look about this bottom line as a talk forum, and it needs to be strengthened if it's going to survive the political turbulence that you mentioned that we see ahead.
1: Yeah, and and by the way, the the, the SIPA colleagues were were great in investigating this, not only through documents and online uh, records, but through meeting actual stakeholders who are involved in these discussions and various working groups or formal or informal formats. And the, the, the point Bill just made is, is particularly pertinent. But I mean, to, to rewind a bit, um, Clara mentioned some pretty damn important stuff. No semiconductor supply chains, uh, keeping each other informed on the most important stuff, not only informed, but making joint standards on, on, on tech. There's lots of low-hanging fruit, and I think we're, we're getting there, but there, as, as you guys said, there's a mismatch between the intent and the, and the actual deliveries. But yeah, uh, 10 working groups with different uh, objectives, semiconductors, export control, alignment, potentially, um, also disinformation and citizen protection and online space and all of that. Um, So we are uh, as we are right now. It's late 2023. Bill, uh, what are your most important highlights about the TTC and the way forward? What can be improved or is not obviously not obviously working?
2: So bottom line, we, we need to keep some sort of dialogue open. The only dialogue right now on these issues uh, tends to be the TTC, uh, and we need to make it stronger so it can survive the political turbulence and return to, of Donald Trump to, to the White House, uh, far right in, in, in Europe, uh, et cetera. So, I mean, the concrete things that we are suggesting is one, 10 working groups, too many, cut them down. Focus on the big issues. A couple of uh, of key groups. Two, uh, put in some other stakeholders. We saw the uh, um, we saw the AI summit in the UK actually attract CEOs, attract uh, congressional leaders. Uh, yeah, the the um, Brits are that great one, and selling themselves. Yeah, exactly. so yeah. The TT, the TTC could really improve by uh, opening it up to the private sector input uh, and. Uh, we also see that there's no real um, Parliament to Parliament uh, dialogue on these issues. Uh, uh, that could be a real improvement to bring in the. US Senate uh, and make Senator or encourage senators to participate, some EU parliamentarians. Right now, it's bureaucrats to bureaucrats uh, to, uh, or executive branch to executive branch, and that's, that's not sufficient. So we, we make these practical suggestions that we believe would strengthen the TTC. Uh, Another one would be, um, as we've seen now, uh, having two summits a year is just too many. It it leads to um, overkill. And right now we've uh, postponed the the latest summit because the agenda is too busy. Uh, It's, uh, uh, you know, uh, we have uh, Russia, uh, Ukraine, the Middle East, uh, uh, the American administration just didn't have time to do this. And Secretary of State Blinken wants to attend the the apparently wants to attend the next uh, summit, he's attended Pat summits. So it's been put off for two months. Perhaps we go to one summit a year, one summit every 18 months, um, but the, the constant rush to, to have big meetings and meetings that under underwhelm with skimp, uh, skimpy uh, results is uh, something that undermines, we think, the potential effectiveness of this forum.
1: Uh, yeah and you have the incentive um for the working groups and everybody involved who has I mean imagine you've just wrapped up one issue and then another summit is around the corner and you need to think of a quick win or something and Well we I mean did, the way it was dis-
2: yeah. yeah the way it was described yeah. to us by several participants was oh we finish we we go back and 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 get some sleep and then we realize we got to rush again to get a new a new summit gun and that 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 doesn't uh, hasn't been proved productive, and I think uh, uh, you know tires out the participants and and dilutes the energy and the focus of the of, of of the effort.
1: That's that's one of the main takeaways from the from the joint report on the TTC, uh, how to reform. Uh, the format about meetings and about the, the working groups, uh, but what can you tell us uh, to both uh, about the future goals and what else in terms of policy approach should we really dwell on?
0: Yeah, so I think that we've touched upon a lot of this already, but um, it, it's clear that there are a handful of issues which uh, should be a real priority and our real priority for the US and the U- EU individually and both sides would stand to gain from from coordinating on them there's a few there's a few issues that are somewhat uh, legacy issues between the US and the EU including uh, d- data deals for example uh, that has been that has been a big point of tension between the two sides for years now and a format like the TTC is very well placed to deal with them and then on the other side you have Big picture questions, um, which really require a forum like this, in which there is um, consistent communication um, that include, obviously, artificial intelligence alignment on China, uh, making sure that for the green transition we we are we have our policies that coordinate and complement each other um, rather than each doing their own and standing in each other's way, but also, um, you know, maybe. Ex- well, I think you energy mean energy uh, that can be used elsewhere, yeah.
2: Or competing against jump each other. Dale, jump so in. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, or competing against other. So on a lot of these issues that we've discussed, um, you know, uh, we're at a time when both Europe and the US are becoming more protectionist, less free trade. Uh, and, and at the last summit, they didn't get a deal on green tech subsidies to green tech, or on trade in uh, that would have helped climate change. Um, This will become even more difficult if we get uh, a Trump and uh, right wingers uh, in power on both sides of the Atlantic. So um, I think, you know, we're going to need some real political will in the next year to try to get a deal on how much we subsidize our chip makers or complementing so that they coordinate so that uh, the two big chips programs on each side of the Atlantic don't compete but uh, complement. The same thing on green tech, I think we we should be able to find a deal that would resolve some of the tensions over steel and aluminum and put in place uh, an idea to help renewables on both sides of the Atlantic rather than uh, fight over it. Um, So I think uh, we really could and should uh, try to get some, some deals on these major issues. I think also on coordinating on export controls on on China, we've made a good start uh, with ASML uh, restricting exports to China of its semiconductor machines, um, and and there needs the TTC can play a, a role in in helping make sure that um, both sides don't undermine the other's efforts in in attempting to de-risk from China. Uh
1: absolutely agree on on, on these points with some some brief brief caveats. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, the two most important takeaways, and I fully subscribe here, is exactly on the green tech uh, area and finding ways in terms of trade or coordination on export controls and tariffs, even though politically very difficult and touchy. But in the long run, if you want to oppose China's subsidized uh, model fueled by also slave labor or human rights violation when it comes to the decarbonization technology the clean energy tech we need to work together on this and on the ai it's <laughs> uh, it's very easy to say uh you know everything and nothing on ai or just uh, mark the buzzwords but i think we will deviate and go in different ways on ai in the us and the eu and this is fine um but most importantly we need to regulate the big question which Nobody's seriously asking internationally is how to put the guardrails on proliferation of this really, really, really advanced technology. And also on biotechnology, because right now through AI, you can have also breakthroughs on really nasty uh, biologically related issues and uh, potential diseases and whatnot. So these are big questions. And I think this, this forum needs to, you know, rise to the, rise to the challenge. But speaking of which, right now, the latest we heard, we were a bit surprised even with the colleagues a couple of days ago, we, we found the, the news item that the next fifth summit uh, will be postponed um, for sure, maybe until uh, next spring, and it will take place in Brussels during the Belgian uh, presidency, and without much uh, details. So, Bill, what do you think is happening right now? And why is there, you know, pe- people's agenda are bu- agendas are busy or
2: what? Yeah, as we were speaking, I mean, the, the latest one was postponed to the one that's supposed to be in Washington in December, yep, yep, now yep. was pushed off to, to January. Um, so I think, you know, there's two ways of interpreting it. One, uh, that the TTC is at the not at the top of uh, policymakers' agendas, uh, that they have, they have too much to do with Ukraine and the Mideast. Uh, uh, or two, uh, we heard that Secretary of State Blinken wants to attend, thinks it's important, and, and that wanted to make sure that he could be there, so he postponed, so he could be sure to attend, which would say that uh, the policymakers still believe this is kind of important to, to protect. I'm not sure which one to believe, uh, and I think only, you know, we'll see in the coming months whether the TTC uh, manages to gain sufficient traction to, to, to stay on course and be a key dialogue point between the U.S. and Europe. And you're right, Dimitar, we, we won't see complete alignment on uh, digital regulation or on AI. Uh, what we can see is that uh, where our interests coincide, that we don't compete necessarily. And I think that's more a focus on things like semiconductor uh, subsidies, green tech, um, and other uh, types of connectivity issues perhaps too on uh, getting Huawei out of our networks and, and so forth.
1: Yeah, especially on the, on the latter, there, there's been this seeming consensus on at least the easy stuff we need to agree on, the Chinese threats when it comes to hardware and software. Even the European Commission started openly in very plain language labeling companies which are untrusted vendors, quote-unquote, But we still see that this is meeting the friction in many member states, uh, Germany, Central Europe, but even honestly, Western Europe more. Um, uh, I think Pompeo had this really successful initiative where he was touring Central and Eastern Europe a couple of years ago, and he was getting signatures for the Clean Network Initiative and banning Qualways and so forth. So I think we have also an internal division in the EU on on, on this. The the East is quite willing to go this way, but uh, the West... Is in a different direction, but but anyways, let's not get yeah, carried I, away I, on these no, issues. I, yeah. I think
2: you're right. This is a tough issue. I mean, it's a lot of mm. money at stake, and uh, uh, the telcos are going to have to invest a lot. And uh, but it's, it's critical infrastructure, and... for God's sake! No, this is so yeah. important. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 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 right. And this is something that we haven't really discussed at the TTC, as far as we can mm. tell. Mm-hmm. This is the type mm-hmm. of of concrete issue that I think we could have a a more robust, uh, clearer discussion uh, uh, from each side.
1: Um, I am really tempted because you guys are uh, native speakers uh, connected with, with, with the U.S. in different ways. What's your views on the transatlantic relationship right now when it comes to overall political uh, state of play, grudges, grievances? How do you measure the, the situation right now?
2: So I think it's a great question. I think you know, compared to five years ago when the TTC idea was first launched, it's obviously much better than under the Donald Trump. Uh, uh, I think there's been coordination on Russia, coordination on China. Uh, the temperatures are, uh, and, and, and dialogue is, is, is much stronger. Um, I think President Biden is definitely committed to Europe, but I think there's great fear on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, I think there's great fear that Donald Trump will come back into power and uh, uh, pull out of NATO perhaps. Uh, Definitely. uh, take a transactional approach to the alliance, uh, and maybe just impose unilaterally tariffs on both China and Europe. Uh, so I think uh, you know, everywhere we go here in Brussels, people ask me. Um, everywhere I go, they ask, "Will it happen? Will uh, Will he win?" And I think uh, that's uh, like a giant shadow over the over this relationship that's so important to world peace and to our Western prosperity and strength.
1: Clara, how do you see the the dynamic?
0: Yeah, I think um, I, I would agree with uh, almost everything Bill is saying. I will say that potentially one of the problems um, that we've always had with this relationship is that the EU's attention on the US is greater than the US's attention on the EU. Um, which reflects in its policies, but also as we were discover, uh, discussing before the start of this podcast, actually, um, is reflected in even things like media coverage, you know, and in, in the EU, you're having a lot of conversations around um, digital regulation, what the EU is doing or not doing, and the US isn't really covering it all that much. And so what you want to be doing with a forum like the TTC is making sure that the US also cares and is engaged about exactly on these differences and has an open dialogue with the EU and and um, treats it as an equal partner. I think that that is the benefit of a forum like the TTC and something that you want to strengthen in general because they are both very large economic powers and as Bill says, it's it's a it's an extremely important relationship for um, geopolitically in general.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a no brainer to to have these these alliances and these mechanisms and uh, tools like a TTC when we talk about these economic blocks. When it comes to markets, way um, and not only you know economy and prosperity, but also joint interests on national security, the way your function, the networks function, and, and the tech you're investing in. Um, final final quick cue to both of you. Uh, let's go micro on the the relationship, but on digital specifically. We, we touched base on AI. We have different approaches. Uh, we continue, and I'll be very honest here, we continue to have uh, certain grievances here in Brussels about the way European data is used in, in the States, uh, whether the national security agency in the US has access to European data with less safeguards than we we have here here in, uh, in Europe. Of course, the never-ending uh, big tech regulation sagas and all that. Is it... Uh, uh, Claire and Bill, is it a really big issue also media-wise or politically right now
2: on, on digital, or it's so, less intense? So I do see in the U.S. press attention given to the AI Act and other EU digital mm. regulation. Um, I I do see also the the tendency to say this is targeted against U.S. companies and it is uh, uh, typical of EU or European over-regulation. Produce your own Google, produce your own Facebook, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't we tried and failed uh, miserably with public uh, yeah, money yeah. more than a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, Europe wants to be a regulatory superpower and that plays into some American stereotypes about Europe, uh, unfortunately. Um, but uh, I, I, I do think, you know, the U.S. actually shares a lot of the same concerns about tech that Europe does, that it proliferates disinformation, dangerous content, that platforms should take more responsibilities. I think that there is a, a feeling, certainly in the Biden administration, that uh, uh, antitrust should be more vigorously enforced. So there are some commonalities, but the, the US is not moving as fast as Europe to regulate on this because of its own political divisions and difficulties. Um, I think the TTC is a place at least where we can talk about our differences. Uh, the differences will remain, uh, but uh, uh, let's hope that we can at least uh, keep the dialogue open and uh, temper each other's, maybe Europe's overregulation and the US's uh, political impasse, and we able to find some sort of uh, middle ground, common ground in some ways. Okay. Clara, what's your take on digital?
0: I think digital is interesting. I think that what we've learned in this discussion somewhat is that digital is maybe one of the areas where the US and the EU are always going to have almost ideologically different stances, which is different from um, other things such as semiconductors, et cetera, in which we can very much align on the, and be on the same page. I think that um, to a large extent that that is uh, positive. Um, as in all relationships, you probably need both sides that are going to push you um, in different directions, but that is only that is only helpful insofar as those two sides um, discuss and compromise and maybe adapt to one another so I will add to what Bill said that for example in Europe um, you are seeing pushback to the AI act so you have uh, macron you know yesterday um, talking about uh, the dangers of the AI act and stifling innovation in Europe and that you know you have the French startup Mistral valued at two billion after eight months and so there is there, there does seem to be um, more diversity than perhaps the, the cliches or the stereotypes would have you believe in either position. And so perhaps we should take a more, um, it would be beneficial for everyone if you acknowledge that there is a diversity of views on, on both sides as well and, and accentuated that on the digital front.
2: So I think the bottom line, Dimitar, is, is that we have mm-hmm. a marriage, the uh, Europe-American marriage. Um, it was uh, close to uh, a divorce. Uh, the T- uh, TTC was part of the sort of uh, marriage counseling. Uh, it hasn't been <laughs> as, as successful as it should be in repairing all the rifts. Uh, right now, though, we're not uh, on, uh, in court. Uh, we're not hiring divorce lawyers. Let's hope a year from now, when we come back, uh, we will be in a similar or stronger position. That's all I can say.
1: (laughs) I fully subscribe to that. Um, Guys, this has been uh, great. Um, This was uh, Bill and Clara from the Digital Innovation Initiative, uh, part of the Center for European Policy Analysis. And in January... Uh, we will uh, publicly distribute our joint report on the EU-US Trade Technology Council, which was done by the Wilford Martin Center for European Studies and SIPA. So, Bill, Clara, thank you again for this great conversation. And uh, to all of our friends and, and listeners, have a happy 2024.
2: Thank you, Dimitar. Thank you,
0: Dimitar. Thanks. That was today's episode of Brussels Bites. Follow us on SoundCloud for more.